0: Welcome to Be Whole, Be Well, and Be Wise, the show that combines science-based and Bible-based education to direct you towards whole body wellness in Christ. I'm Shelly Tyler, and today we're talking about how to find joy throughout the lifespan as a woman, and specifically and especially in menopause. You know, sometimes when we're reading scriptures in the Bible, you are fully encouraged, you feel full of life and ready to go, and then you read others again and you're like, oh, okay. So in 2 Corinthians 4.16, it says, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet, inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. It's just kind of confirming that our bodies are wasting away. And unfortunately, we as women view the latter years of our lives caked in sweat and overweight and dry and struggling. And that is the picture that the world has painted for us. Menopause equals suffering, slowing down and stopping. But when we accept that we were created as God intended and understand the changes he has set in place for us, then the fear leaves and understanding sets in. You see, this talk on menopause isn't just for the 50 plus crowd. This talk is for any woman. And I firmly believe that if you start learning about the lifespan of the female body at an early age, you can make decisions that impact your future self and be prepared for the changes to come. It's a natural shift and a transition, but you have to learn how to support your body through it. And we can't just say it's the change um, because there's multiple changes over the lifespan. So let's go through it. Let's go over it. See where we're at in this lifespan change. So premenopause is the time between your first regular period and your last regular period. This is your fertile window when you can bear children. Perimenopause begins in your 30s and 40s. Symptoms will start to begin as you start to shift your hormones and you no longer have regular cycles, you'll start to have some irregular ones. And this can start 5 to 13 years prior to menopause beginning. The menopause is the time when you have not had a period for at least one year. So you've had a permanent cessation of your period for at least one year. So now that we're clear on the stages, let's talk about perimenopause. Because this age, this section of our life, 30s to 40s, is not talked about very much. We give a lot of attention to baby birth stage and not a whole lot of attention to menopause. And then there's like no man's land here in between where we're just fine, I guess. So (laughs) perimenopause is really so important because if you understand it, then you have a better ability to handle what's to come. It's kind of like the key to unlocking the experience, the years ahead with grace. So let me explain why. And don't freak out if you've missed the boat and you're already past perimenopause, because there's things we'll talk about to support you too. Perimenopause is the stage where your cycle starts to vary month to month. You'll have months that you don't ovulate. These are called anovulatory cycles. So things start to get a little bit weird. Well, I'm regular this month. Now I'm not. Now I'm not. Now I'm not. So, <laughs> just a side note when you ovulate, you get an increase in progesterone which is our natural anti-anxiety medication for women. It makes you feel calm and it also helps you sleep better. So this is why you might feel irritable or more irritable than others some months, or you might wake up in the middle of the night some months when you don't get that progesterone boost. It's pretty crazy. So then we move into menopause. And if we don't understand that we were already shifting, that those changes were already happening, then menopause can be a bit of a scare and a bit abrupt. The average age for menopause is 51, most commonly between 45 and 55. Um, There are certain medications that can send people into an abrupt menopause, as well as surgical procedures if your ovaries have been removed. Um, There are some genetic mutations we'll talk about later that can send you into early menopause. So that's the thing. But what, but what's important to understand is so many things influence how we experience all these, these years of our life from perimenopause to menopause. Um, And we're going to talk about the drivers, the things that, impact how severely we experience some of the symptoms of menopause. Um, one of the biggest drivers and or inhibitors of our success during menopause is stress. And I bring this up over and over again because I really believe that it is the root to a lot of things that we're dealing with as women. Chronic stress leads to brain frog, fatigue. Decreased concentration, difficulty waking up, irritability, weight gain, especially around the belly, sense of overwhelm, immune system difficulties, hormone imbalance, and the list goes on. Cortisol is a piece of this puzzle. Although it's always deemed the bad guy in every situation, it's actually quite helpful to our system in moderation. It's what gives us the get up and go in the morning and helps us when we're in danger or need to get away. But chronic stress, however, allows a constant release of cortisol, which isn't good news to the body. You produce and produce and produce cortisol until your adrenals fatigue and then you can't do anymore. Your body gets tired of perceiving your external environment as a constant threat and just gives out and gives in. Um, you go into burnout. And when you're in burnout, your body is in survival mode. You breathe, you eat. There's not much more energy for anything else. You experience pain in your body, allergies, anxieties, and overwhelming stress. If you're already in burnout, premenopausal, this is a bad recipe. Your system is already slowed down to an already slowing body. As we age, our hormones naturally decline, leading to some of the symptoms we experience. But just think what happens if you're already declining and things are already low before you even get to that stage. That's what can be so devastating for most women. So if you support those adrenal glands, then you can support your stress response. Those adrenal glands sit right on top of the kidneys. And if you support your stress response, you can support your hormone production and support your future body's health. Easier said than done in the world that we live in, which is why so many women are experiencing menopausal symptoms earlier and earlier. It is no joke. I see it every day. So we want to manage our stress, at least not get into burnout stage as as much as we can. The other thing that we need to really think about doing, the other low-hanging fruit to support this stage of life is to eat healthy. The biggest thing here isn't to follow a certain type of diet. Hear me now. The biggest thing is to balance your blood sugar. It is a it, it, like you're already on this roller coaster, this hormonal roller coaster with all these shifts. And when your blood sugar is really imbalanced, you just take it in a bigger drop. So it's important to pull away anything that causes that up and down fluctuation. So that would mean avoiding food intolerances that causes an inflammatory response, caffeine alcohol um, and making sure that you're pulling in fat, fiber and protein to every meal. As you lose estrogen, you become insulin resistant. So your body pumps more insulin. That triggers fat storage. So the bottom line is, when you're eating your fat, fiber and protein, you need to eat a lower glycemic index food. And you can Google all kinds of chart on, on glycemic index. And you want to really stick in that green area of those low glycemic index fruits and foods and carbs. And make sure that you're not you know in the yellow and red on a lot of those areas so that you can keep your glycemic index pretty even so we have stress we have food and then we have sleep not just sleeping seven to nine hours but sleeping on a regular cycle women function cyclically it is everything we do rhythms to life are so important at this stage of life so waking and going to sleep at the same time are important one way to help your circadian rhythm get in sync is to get 20 minutes of morning sunlight each and every day. You can make sure that you do that consistently at the same time, go to bed at the same time every night in a cool dark room. And then also making sure that you decrease your sympathetic dominance throughout the day. So, If you can take 20 minutes to breathe throughout the day, that would be super helpful. Making sure that if you're drinking caffeine, you're stopping it at noon. So you're not driving up your sympathetic dominance. You need to stop bringing that phone into your bed. The light, the stimulation, the content are ramping up your nervous system. And right before bed, isn't gonna help your quality of sleep. So put that phone on airplane mode, get it out of your reach and go to bed. Another easy thing is to detox. Don't use herbicides and pesticides, plastics, eat organic, make sure you filter your water, watch your cosmetics. You can look at the Environmental Working Group website if you're not sure about your products, so you can kind of figure out what is safe and what is not. There's so many environmental toxins that we are putting in or on or around our bodies that it is hurting our hormone production. So the earlier you stop this, the better, so that you're not in a deficit moving into menopause. The next thing, is exercise, but not just like go for a walk. You have to build muscle. You have to make muscle. Menopause equals protein breakdown. And the loss of muscle equals loss of power. And the loss of power means you slow down, you stop doing as much. And slowing down contributes to gaining that body fat that nobody wants in menopause. So number one thing, if you're in your 40s and you are not lifting weights, it is the number one thing that I would encourage you to do to lose weight. Lift weights, make muscle, help your body get in the rhythm of building so that you are not slowing down too early, gaining that body fat, which puts you at risk for cardiovascular disease and so many other diseases. It's not just about aesthetics. Okay, well, that's great. There are many things happening in the body that you can't stop regardless. Think about those things as the foundation. They are the building blocks that you want to build all your habits off of. But there's other things that you might just have to manage. But if you incorporate all the things we just talked about, the severity of those symptoms is going to be less than somebody who doesn't. So let's talk about some of those things that you just have to get through, but you just have to manage. Let's talk about hot flashes. The important thing to note here is that Hot flashes do not occur because of low hormones. They occur because of hormonal fluctuations. That just means your hormones are changing. The bad news is they're going to happen because there's going to be a fluctuation and your thermoregulation is going to get off. But the good news is they will improve over time. And the better you treat your body, the faster they will improve and the less severe they are going to be overall. So that's when you go back to those keys, the sleep, the detox, the diet, weight lifting, all of that stress. Um, hot flashes, you can decrease your severity by doing all those things. There's some additional things you can do. 15 minutes of breath work and relaxation before bed, avoiding caffeine altogether, avoiding alcohol altogether. Regular, moderate exercise. Moderate, so that means like a 10-minute HIIT workout with a walk, not an hour-long 8 out of 10 intensity every day. Um, You could work on pre-cooling. So try to drink icy electrolyte drink um, to kind of pre-cool your body. (laughs) Um, Ice baths. Hydration is key, it is key, it is key. Um, If you're dehydrated, you're more likely to have more hot flashes, more severity. Um, And you could use primrose oil as well. Another symptom that we just have to manage and deal with is vaginal dryness that causes pain with intercourse. As the estrogen goes down, this can get worse. So there are many things that you can do to manage this naturally, like vaginal moisturizers that are paraben and petroleum-free, hyaluronic acid, DHEA, um, that converts to estrogen. You can take that orally. Um, and then other things that you could do if it's super severe are vaginal estrogen creams, rings, or tablets that are bioidentical and just local to the site, not a systemic estrogen. Another symptom that we might deal with is osteopenia or osteoporosis. It is important to get a DEXA scan around your menopausal years, like right at the beginning, so you know your baseline and you know your genetics. So a DNA health test is really important. You know what's going on, you know if you're predisposed to osteoporosis or osteopenia and you can take action. you can help with vitamin D, vitamin K, vibration plates, gut health, making sure you have appropriate nutrition and absorption. The biggest thing, again, is exercise. There is research that shows five minutes of jumping rope improves bone density if you do that every day. The Pilates reformer with that resistance, weightlifting with resistance. You have to have resistance of gravity, bands, weights, whatever it is, because bone responds to resistance. Bone doesn't just get stronger for no reason. If you sit all the time, you lose it. So you have to exercise. That's my pep talk to you. (laughs) So what do we do about all of this? What are some other things we can do? Um, My advice is to not reach for the estrogen first. There's a time and a place for hormone therapy, but let's not reach for it first. Let's reach for some supplements that can support your system before we bring in the big guns for hormone replacement. So adrenal support to support your stress response like a methylated B complex. Ashwagandha is an adaptogen that helps your body adapt to stress. Magnesium glycinate helps calm the body down without loosening the stool and can help you sleep. And then um, you might need some Chaseberry or Vitex that's going to support progesterone. It's not progesterone. It supports the processes that make progesterone. Um, and that's a good place to start right there just to support your system. But that doesn't work for everybody. It really depends on all the factors going into it and where you are in that process. You may need a transderm transdermal progesterone cream or an oral progesterone if you have low progesterone with anxiety and sleep disturbances. Um, If you have severe vaginal dryness or severe loss in bone density, you may need estrogen with progesterone as a hormone replacement therapy. There are times where hormone therapies could be necessary, but here's my encouragement. If you don't know genetically how you metabolize those hormones, what genetic SNPs you have, how you fix damaged DNA, and how your genes are expressed by your lifestyle, it could get messy. And that's where a lot of the hormones um, lead to some of those um, adverse effects like DVTs and cancer and whatnot. It's because genetically that person couldn't handle that specific hormone replacement therapy. Um, genetic SNPs are single nucleotide polymorphisms, and they are variations in a single nucleotide. So the nucleotides are like the A, C, G, and T in DNA at a particular position in the DNA sequence um, that occur these are these occur commonly in the population. So SNPs can be thought of as the most basic form of a genetic variation that exists between humans. And they're located throughout the genome in different parts. Um, And what it is is they can have effects on gene expression, protein function, disease susceptibility. Some SNPs are associated with increased risk of certain diseases while others can be beneficial. But I just wanna touch on a couple of SNPs that could be impacting your menopausal years. And that would be useful for you to know. So COMT, C-O-M-T, is a gene where you don't break down estrogen as much or as well. 30% of the Caucasian population has this genetic variation. When you don't break down estrogen well, it can lead to anxiety, body pain, increased um, risk of breast cancer. If you have it, you can support your body with supplements like methylated B vitamins and SAME and, and food like cruciferous vegetables, um, rich in magnesium, making sure that you have good self-care practices and decrease your caffeine. Another one is the GSTM1 gene. It's involved in the metabolisms of foreign substances that enter the body, like environmental toxins and drugs. Studies have suggested that variations in the GSTM1 gene may be associated with with an earlier age of menopause. So one study found that the deletion of this gene had um, earlier age menopause than women who had the gene um, by about two years. Um, And another study showed that um, in 2017, the GSTM1 deletion had a higher risk of early menopause compared to women who had at least one copy of the gene. So if you have this, you can support yourself with sulforaphane from cruciferous vegetables and EGCG and green teas, Um, but you really need to focus on all those lifestyle points. There are other SNPs that could impact you too, like MTHFR with methylation and kind of putting that key into the ignition to be able to turn it, or IL-6 that uh, deals with inflammation and autoimmunity. So if you know how your body's operating, then you can best treat your symptoms and approach it with grace. Um, so let's take a minute and I want you to think about where you are with kind of the big things that we talked about, stress management, nutrition, exercise, sleep, the big things that are the low hanging fruit that you can do when I'm talking about exercise, I'm talking about weightlifting on a scale of zero to five. How are you doing with your stress management? How are you doing with your nutrition? How are you doing with your exercise? How are you doing with your sleep? It's important to take that inventory right now so that as you move on, you at least have those foundations in place. So that verse that i read at the beginning so no wonder we don't give up for even though our outer person gradually wears out our inner being is renewed every single day it continues we view our slight short-lived troubles in the light of eternity we see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weighted glory far beyond comparison, because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. I encourage you today that despite where you are in the stages throughout, whether you're premenopause, perimenopause, menopause, postmenopausal, that you Find joy in the fact that God has given us foundational truths to be able to change our bodies from the inside out. He has given us foundational truths to be able to find joy in the midst of our difficulties and in the midst of our suffering. And he has given us clear directions on things that we can do to figure this out and to have joy and abundance and purpose in the latter years of our lives. Don't give up. Don't slow down. Take time today to make a plan for how you're going to rejuvenate your menopausal years. Hope you have a good one. Thank you for being with us today, and thank you for listening to Be Whole, Be Well, and Be Wise. Make sure to join me on Instagram at ShellyTyler.dpt and join my private Facebook group, Overcoming Overwhelm for Christian Moms, by clicking the link in my bio. Before you go, show some love for your new favorite podcast by leaving a review on Apple, Amazon, or Spotify. Then subscribe so you don't miss our next episode where I'll be talking about restoring joy with a special guest.